And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You might not like it, but this is what the peak male athletic form looks like, and there ain't a fucking thing you can do about it. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, March 15th. Here we are back in the Classic Factory. I'm J.E. Skeets alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. That's what I say looking in the mirror every day. <laughs> yeah. We got our top shot hot boy rubbing them lips, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. The international man of mystery taking it to the max. He's just a real good egg. Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lee Lee. Finally making the magic happen. Super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment, share the show in that order and only that order, please. Uh, email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Never know where we're going to hit the beach. I bet we hit the beach later this week. I guarantee Tomorrow, you. I bet. <laughs> Tomorrow. Interesting. Not a lot of games on tonight. That's right. Might be a great time to hit the beach. That's so get right. your questions in. Uh, grab yourself an athletic subscription if you haven't. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Dollar a month for six months for new subscribers. So take advantage of that. And this is fun. Later today, four guys who know next to nothing about the NCAA uh, tournament or, you know, obviously league, college basketball in general. We're going to fill out a March Madness bracket together. Okay. Yeah, you can join us live this afternoon. This is a YouTube exclusive on Ooh, No Dunkers. Uh, so we'll shoot to uh, go live around 1 p.m. Hmm. Eastern time. <laughs> Lee, who you liking? Ooh, who's who your am Cinderella? Oh, I like the Tar Heels. Give me some Blue Devils. I like the Orangemen. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some Wolverines. I'm not kidding, guys. We know almost nothing mm. about college basketball. We focus mainly on the NBA. But yeah. why? Hey, we, maybe we get lucky and win a million dollars doing this together. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. The perfect bracket. No one's ever done it, have they? Ever? I don't no, think so. Yeah. But I mean, the, it's virtually impossible. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, that's gonna be a blast as we fill out our our March Madness bracket. We're going to get a whole group set up too. Uh, we'll be sharing that with everybody for you to go fill out your bracket. Just tweeted it, bro. There you go. Yeah, and nice. uh, get in there and see uh, well, see who uh, reigns supreme. Maybe we'll, <laughs> I'm sure we can put some breaking tea merchandise uh, up for the winner of this whole thing. But it's just going to be us. Yeah, it's just going to be us. I mean... <laughs> South Dakota State Jackrabbits back at it again. Uh, Hell yeah, but I mean, we're going to pick them for sure. So if they win, we're guaranteed to win the, <laughs> this bracket championship. Uh, but that is later today, uh, filling out our March Madness bracket again around 1 p.m. Eastern, just on YouTube. We got so much to talk about when it comes to the NBA last night. We had a couple guys returning. Uh, we obviously had a little MVP battle between Jokic and Embiid. But before all of that, we had Carl Anthony Towns. Scoring an NBA season best 60 points as the Wolves beat the Spurs. JD, hit the music. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's for the Wolves fans out there. <laughs> Tweeting that in uh, specifically at Wolves of Soda. So something they're doing, Lee. Mm. They're adding to it with every win. Yeah. Aren't you going to play that tune? Is that right? Uh, yeah. The original pitch was that if the Wolves go to the conference finals like they did yeah. in 2004, I will. But at this point, I'm going to play the song if they make it to the real playoffs. Ooh, okay. They're in the play-in right good. now. So if they advance to the, the top eight seeds and get a real playoff game... Oh. oh, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's get into this Carl Anthony Towns performance, though, Tassa. Again, 60 points uh, in regulation, not an overtime game yeah. here. What do you think? Well, it was cool the way he started the game because you'd think maybe he just starts popping threes, but really he was going to the hoop and not in uh, a traditional post up sense, but picking and rolling first possession. 
gets it up top, goes right at Yakka Pirtle in the lane. And Carlothini Towns is so good at taking a bump and going off balance, doing a one-two and maintaining that balance and putting it up off the glass with no air, obviously, because he's a monstrous man. Uh, so he he's just pretty elegant the way he does that for a monstrous man. He hit that bucket, and I think that just kind of started to get him going because he's so good at taking that contact and that inside game opened up the outside game later. So in the first half, he only hit one three-point shot, and this was a very close game. And it was, he had 24 at the half. But in the third quarter, uh, after going up against Jakob Pertl and poor Zach Collins oh. in the first half, uh, you know, going through them, the shot started falling. And he started banging home threes in a 32-point third quarter. And, again, this game was, was pretty close, but then the, when the threes start falling, hit five threes in the quarter, that's when the spread started to come, and that's when he started you know, really, really, really feeling it with a dirty sidestep three in the corner. We're talking about a seven-footer who pump fake, put the ball on the floor, sidestep, bangs home that three, and then he did it from the top. Uh, yeah, just absolutely feeling every single touch. And it went all the way down to the, the end of the fourth. The fourth, he, he got cold. He didn't really score until very, very late. I mean, he didn't have to play much because they, they got a big spread. But he had 57 with two two minutes left, and he knew that. It was quite <laughs> evident. He knew that. 2.30 left. He bombed away. It clanked. Next possession, let me do that again. Bombed away. Even deeper. 31-footer. Yes! And that gives him 60 points uh, on the evening. So a very well-rounded game. Started inside. Again, the pick and roll, not not traditional post-ups, but pick and roll. Then he started going outside, and yeah, just absolutely uh, an ocean out there that he was shooting into. Again, because because I think he started inside, and then the, the three started falling. So yeah, uh, seven threes on the, on the evening, seven of nine uh, from outside, uh, but a well-rounded game. Obviously hit well at the line as well. Carl. Beautiful game for him. Flirt, flirted with some beef there, too. You know, he, he plays more in the fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. He probably gets it 17 game, rebounds. Yeah. What do you um, think? I've got a cat. This cat <laughs> drives me insane okay. because he'll sit by the door, meow, 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 until I let him out. Goes outside. As soon as he's outside, meow, 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 until I let him back in. And then he goes to the other door to leave that way. <laughs> and that's what I feel like Jakob Pertl must have felt like last night because there was nothing he could do to stop Carl Anthony Towns. Like you're saying, Tass, it was inside, it was outside, it was at the free throw line. He was meowing all night long. <laughs> it used to be just Kevin Durant, like a seven-footer that could put the ball on the floor and get to the hoop and then also make seven threes. And we saw three guys doing it last night between Carl Anthony Towns, Jokic, and Embiid. So this was incredible stuff. I think Towns is such a funny guy to watch. You call it elegant. I feel like he's very flaily. I feel like his arms and legs are going out to every single direction when he's driving the ball. And then when he finishes at the hoop, he kind of goes... <laughs> like he gets very excited for he's his He's an makes. underrated, very sweaty guy. He's too. an underrated, sweaty guy for sure. I think on the thumbnail of this, he's like dripping uh, in sweat on the YouTube. But this was uh, an incredible performance. 32 points in a quarter. Like I saw people tweeting, Carl Anthony Towns has 56 and 14 at the end of three quarters. And it seems like a joke because those are just numbers that you wouldn't actually believe happened. But this was real stuff. And I just got to say, what a season from Jakob Pertl we've seen here. He was on the receiving end of the jaw dunk. Yeah. He became a game. Wordle became Pearl. Now we're suddenly <laughs> guessing players. He had the party with Greg Popovich, and then he just got 60 points dropped on his head. Yeah. 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 The, the Popovich thing's a problem, too, because he won't double anybody. <laughs> Popovich, like Devin Booker respects Greg Popovich because he'll never double <laughs> in any situation. Right, right. I mean, he's going single coverage every single time. Like Morant yeah. destroys him. Like they don't get the ball out of his hands. Pop's teaching lessons here. Yeah. Towns was putting him on Pirtle. I thought Zach Collins was a pylon, too. Yeah. Cat was yes. just one step around him, but he attacked, he attacked, and then he had the three ball going. Yeah, 32 in a third quarter. I don't want to gloss over that. That's the fourth most in a single quarter in the past 25 years. That's a hell of a lot of points. Yeah, Clay, obviously, and yeah. Kevin Love, is that the other one? Uh, well, there's obviously three more. I don't know. Yeah. have the yeah. entire list in front okay. of me, but it's uh, 32. Yep. In one queue. What are you, what are you adding here to the well, cat performance? <laughs> not much. I mean, it was obviously fantastic in that third quarter. He just gets hot. He was feeling it. He was wanting the ball. He wanted to shoot the threes, and he was knocking them in. And when you think about Greg Popovich and, and what he's 
you know, his staple is for the game. It's defense, and teams tend to not, you know, run up the score against him. They put up 149 points. Now, obviously, it's not the Greg Popovich, Tim Duncan era here, <laughs> no. but still, uh, they, they gave up 46 points alone in that third quarter. That's just not something we usually associate with Popovich. Somehow, you'd think he would just say, "Let's somehow uh, shut these guys down," but it didn't really happen. Uh, just happy for the Timberwolves. They they do seem to have just gotten over that hump of like. They're going to blow a game here. We know that they did that, of course, against Orlando, but they've bounced back since then. Two really good wins. And Towns has to look... Pirtle's not a bad defender. I mean, he, he's, no. you know, he's, he's a good defender. Uh, Collins, no, not so much. But Towns has got to look at these guys and just go, they can't stop me. And I've got range. I can mix up the game. You mentioned the 16 free throw attempts. So he wasn't just firing away from three yeah. last night. That's what I like to see because that is going to be the next elevation of his growth. It's like, okay, you take away the three-pointer, he's going to pound you inside. You, you try to pack the paint against him, he's going to spread the floor and stretch out and knock it down. So that's what you want to see from a franchise star. He was back in the All-Star team this year. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. Let's see how far they can take it now because... There's there's some feeling there that you know they don't just they're not just there to make up the numbers. It's going to be tough. Yeah. In the playoffs that is, but there's some belief here because Towns is so good. <laughs> there's a little speed racing going on. No breaks. Premieres tomorrow, yeah. 1 wow. p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Was that Hamilton or Verstappen? That was uh, uh, two hundred. Yeah, I think that was uh, somebody's in the DRS zone. <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, I got a little trivia for you off okay. of Towns' performance. Uh, he's the fifth. Center with a sixty-point game. Can you name the uh, the other four? Wilt. Shaq. Okay, Wilt, Shaq. This yeah. is the last Classic. one since Shaq did it on his birthday. Remember David back uh, in two thousand, David Robinson. Good call. And then the other one. Mm. It could be your. It, honestly, we think Dicky might be your dad, but this guy could be your dad. My dad. George Mikan? George Mikan. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're old enough. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I think uh, he could have got to the line even more. There was a lot of calls that he threw up his hands and did, did one of these. And we're, we're, we saw a lot. Embiid uh, and Jokic going at each other. Jokic didn't get a call. We're seeing a lot of the drivers from the outside because it's just hard to post up. These big dudes driving in, and it's so hard for the officials to call because it's a collision yeah, yeah. Uh, like that car just could have had out there I mean that's a that's a one lane road out there I don't yeah, know what's dangerous. going on it is dangerous I'm worried about my my car on the street out there are you on the going street I'm nah, on the street today I got in the driveway I got to check my tracks uh, <laughs> I hope he hit it <laughs> be a good story it's good for the show <laughs> anyways yeah he could have got to the line a lot more it's just it's it's a difficult thing like yeah Carl Anthony Towns uh, you said he's non-elegant I think it's it. I, I I was thinking about him, yeah, watching him. I thought about Kevin Durant because, you know, there aren't seven-footers that drive like that. There's just not. There's two. And one is not a real seven-footer in Kevin Durant. Yeah, so right, you have right. to you have to compare him to, to KD. And, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is it's just a mammoth man. He's under control somehow. I mean, there's just not – he is he's, – he's a different guy. I mean, he started a lot – uh, uh, early in his career in the post, but it's just not happening anymore with the way the game is going. But again, he's driving real, real hard. So here's the question off of this. Cat is super max extension eligible if he's named to the All-NBA this season. Uh, so we'd be talking like four years, $205 million here, uh, by way of Bobby Marks, who's always crunching the numbers. Mm. Um, is Towns going to make an All-NBA team? This, with Obviously, the dilemma being, yeah. well, if, if only Jokic or Embiid is the only center on the All-NBA first team. They're automatically the second one. Yeah. Whoever doesn't yeah. is on the second team. And then it's like, is Towns the third All-Team All-NBA center? Or is it Gobert? <laughs> yeah. Is there, I mean, Bam missed a lot of time. Or is it Towns? I mean, especially with the record right now. I, I think Towns is in the box seat right yeah. now, for sure. Uh, because the offense just stands out more than what Rudy does defensively. Yeah. Rudy, you know, he's a very, very impactful player. But Towns getting his team into the playoffs. You know, there's a bit of a narrative there behind it. He yep. was back in the All-Star game, as I mentioned. He's great. I, I definitely think he's ahead. I, I think Bam's just missed too much time. Uh, I really do. And I just don't think he's had as good a season as Towns. He's been great. But Towns has had a fantastic season. So, yes, I think third team, he's certainly not getting in second team if those guys can't share it. Right, which and is then weird. there's this whole thing. Yeah, they could be both on the first <laughs> yeah. team, so who knows? There's the possibility, I believe, that Towns could be put in as a forward, even though he doesn't play, <laughs> you know, forward. You know, they, they 
seem to just change the rules uh, <laughs> every single season when it yeah. comes to these and where guys can go. Is DeRozan a guard or is he a forward? Is Tatum a guard? You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, do you think he uh, is deserving of a, let's say, the third spot uh, on an all-NBA team? 100%. He yeah. better be there. Yeah, I think so. And I don't think that's uh, common because of recency because we watched 60 points. The guy can score. Uh, Rudy is struggles in that department. I mean, we're watching Carl uh, Anthony Towns just yeah, drop 60. The record is not much worse than the Utah no, Jazz. Close. The Timberwolves have now reached the 70 game mark, which is weird. They're 40 and 30. They only have two less wins, two fewer wins than the, the Utah Jazz. So that's, to me, you got to be able to. To be a bucket, you got the the internet has to be able to say that guy's a bucket for you to make an All NBA team, <laughs> and Rudy Gobert does not fit that category. I mean, if you're the, one of the top three centers in the world, you got to be able to score at any time. For me, uh, and uh, I, I struggle sometimes to put Rudy on there, and Carl Anthony Towns is is swiping it from him, uh, undoubtedly for me. Oh, I thought you were going like a cat. Like a cat. Exactly. Like a cat nice. there. Nice. 27 and 11 since the All-Star break for Towns, playing only 30 minutes a game. I think the Wolves are 9 and 2 since then. So he's kind of peaking right now, basically since winning the three-point contest. He's already played 10 more games than Gobert has, basically 20 more games than Bam has. So I think Towns is looking good. Third team most likely, unless there's some shenanigans with regards to positions. Yep. Mm. Well, awesome performance there from Cat. So there you go, Wolves fans. We finally started with Minnesota. Um, Nora... Was a fan of the jerseys they were wearing last night. Those highlighters. The green ones. Yeah, the neons. She said neons in this spring. You know, can't fashion. Deny it, can't that deny true? it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, people love a Volt colorway, but I can't believe how long those have stuck around. Those to yeah. me look like, you know, the kind of jersey that gets replaced every single year. I, what are those ones called right now? Statement? Are those oh, the state? Who, Who knows? knows? Whatever. Oh, yeah. City Edition. But sure. they've been wearing these for like five seasons yeah. or something yeah. like that. I think yeah. they usually wear them on Saturdays. But, I mean, if Towns is hanging 60, maybe they'll become the <laughs> official jersey yeah. of the Timberwolves. All right, well, let's get to the uh, one game that a lot of eyeballs were on last night. Jokic uh, helping the Nuggets hold off Embiid and the 76ers in Philly. Denver gets the dub. Um, what were your big takeaways, Trey? Well, my main number one takeaway is that Bones Highland, <laughs> welcome to the MVP conversation. <laughs> welcome to the table, buddy. It was all about the big boys coming in. This was going to be the MVP deciding game between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Yeah, sure, I know what you're saying. One game in the middle of March. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> but it was probably the skinniest dude on the court who won this one for the Nuggets. 21 points on the night for Bones Highland. He hit four threes. All of them came in the fourth quarter. Three of them came back-to-back-to-back to back to back jacks. A step back, which was nice. Then he hit a shot from basically the logo, and I was like, excuse yeah, me? Yeah. Then he hit a pull-up on the break, and it was, let's go, Bones! <laughs> Nine points in 79 seconds. He hit his fourth with just under two minutes left, and Bede basically helped way too far. Uh, wide open, bangering. Put the Nuggets up, but the Sixers still had a chance. They had the ball down three after a Will Barton free throw, and Bede caught the ball at the top of the key. I saw you tweeted this, task. I thought the same. Looked like he had a three-pointer. Mm-hmm. He had been shooting the ball pretty well, though a tip of the cap to Nikola Jokic on that one. I thought he was giving uh, Embiid so much space in yeah. the first half to shoot his threes. Did not have it on this one. You know, he's up maybe four or five more feet. Whatever the case, it made Embiid think about it. He moves the ball to the corner. George Niang off the top of the corner of oh, the glass. <laughs> that was an ugly one. Followed a shot, though. Got to follow your <laughs> shot. Gets the board. Three seconds left. Mm. Timeout. Just sitting there. Instead, Niang shoots a floater. <laughs> Down three. <laughs> Whoops. Weird stuff from the Sixers on the final possession. And Bede, like we said, I think he had a shot. Niang could have called timeout. Doc Rivers could have called timeout. But uh, Could have passed the maxi there. <laughs> there were several things that you could have done, except for, you know, I would say number one to not do is a two-point attempt with three seconds left. Probably. Down three. So that's the game. How about the MVP race? It's a draw. Yeah. Honestly, it was a draw last yeah. night. 22-13, 8, 2 steals and 2 blocks for Jokic. 34, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks for Embiid. That's just kind of their general stuff. I thought Embiid outplayed Jokic for the most part yeah, when they when were they on were the floor head, together. I thought so too. Yeah, but, but, then, but then the Nuggets and Jokic get the win, and Jokic had a well, crazy circus yeah. shot oh. at the end that probably should have been the sixth foul on Embiid. Yeah, it should have been. been. It definitely should have yeah. been. Embiid was... Embiid was trying to grift at that point. That was the problem. He didn't score a basket the last five minutes, 15 seconds of this game. Didn't score a point the last three minutes and 13 seconds. He was just trying to draw fouls. Um, But I like to see the respect that they had for each other. You know, Embiid loves to talk trash to another uh, superstar big man. Not Jokic, though. 
he respects Jokic too much. They were like joking and laughing <laughs> for a lot of this one, except for uh, Jokic got very upset when he didn't get that call on that really, really weird floater. He was so angry when he was running back down the court. The guy looked, uh, he looked ferocious right there. But uh, awesome game. Well, fun game. I wouldn't say it yeah. was an awesome game. The crowd kind of was weak, I actually thought. You 100% know? agree with this. Sixers have had two huge opportunities here in this past week between the Simmons game and then this MVP matchup. And they're just okay. It just sounded like a regular season game to me, which it was. <laughs> <laughs> but take it to another notch, yeah. guys. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I tweeted out. I wasn't even joking. Like, right now, this is a tight race for your guy trying to win MVP. He's playing. He's trying to send a message. He wants the damn thing and obviously wants to get his team to the championship in Embiid. Where are the MVP chants? Every time that guy's at the line. And I know he's at the line a lot. So people were saying, oh, what about our vocal cords? We can't do that. <laughs> Come on, you got to play your part. You got to give him an MVP chant every single time he's there. It's a nationally televised game. You know, you got to yeah. send, I mean, I'm, I, again, I'm exaggerating a yes. little bit here, but uh, I thought, I'm with Trey. I thought it was a little subdued, the, the crowd of it. Yeah. I, I, and I maybe mean, that's a credit to the Nuggets for coming back. Yeah. They were I mean, down huge. In that first half, yeah. the Sixers looking great, up 19 points there, but then they lost that lead fairly quickly going into the halftime yeah. break there. And after that, and this is, again, I think the bigger picture here, you've got to be concerned here for the Philadelphia 76ers because, again, as Trey mentioned, the last two home games they've had, they've had an opportunity to show their sort of metal. And they've kind of botched it both times. Now, it's a close game. They could have pulled it out. But you have to be really concerned because outside of Embiid, statistically Harden had a good game, but he didn't have the juice. I, I don't think he had the juice in that one at all. Maxi was good, great. But other than that, you got Tobias Harris, did nothing at all. Niang, why he was on the court for so long. He was firing away those threes well, as if he's Ray Allen. That's his thing, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, two for ten. But just bricked them as well. Danny Green, he looked about a 1,000 years old there last night. And then Matisse Tybel, I want to talk about him because his defense, I thought, his instincts are incredible. He had six steals where he's just like grabbing the ball out of the air. He's like Kawhi Leonard, you know. It's like the ball's in the air and all of a sudden Tybel's just in the lane and he grabs it. Yeah, I think he was actually confusing Jokic. He's totally. like, yeah. these cross-court passes work 99% yeah. of the time. How is this guy just materializing out of nowhere to snatch these? But the problem for, for Tybel is that he just can't shoot. He hit one three last night. Yeah. But the Nuggets are like, we'll let this guy shoot. And, and you know, when I go back to my preseason prediction after watching Thibault for Australia at the Olympics, like, get out and run the break. You can hit, just hit a couple of threes a game and you'll get that 12 to 15 points and you'll look great. But he just can't do it. And that's the real problem for Doc. It's like his defense is incredible. You've got to have him on the floor for that. But then on the offensive end, he just doesn't give enough. He doesn't go in there and just create enough opportunities, tip in second chance opportunities or anything like that. So I think all nine of his points came in the first, first quarter, half. if I remember. Oh, yeah. First yeah. Even Maybe the yeah. first quarter. Yeah. So Embiid, Embiid's low workload was just enormous last night. And he just he's, he looked gassed as well in that last quarter. He was you know hands on the knees and things like that. And uh, Well, he had the hard fall there, yeah, too. Yeah, that was yeah. a big what fall. What do you think about that call? You know, they went and looked at it and ultimately called it a flagrant. Was that a Jermichael Green? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah with, the, with the, the block attempt. You know, there's a lot. You talk about the collision test. Uh, that went in the air and Embiid went down hard. The thud that you could just hear from watching at home was loud. But Embiid obviously gets up. And then they look at it and say, okay, flagrant. I thought this would be the huge storyline here. Maybe it would have been if if Philly goes on to win the game by one or something like that. <laughs> that was strange because seven-footer uh, going up, but he did the, uh, you know, bring the ball to the side. And so Jermichael Green was going for the ball, but then the ball disappeared and he hammered him on the arm and he, yeah, he went down pretty hard. I think flagrant right one was the right call. In the end. Yeah, it was a big foul. Yeah, yeah foul. I, mean, I mean, were you going to toss fell, him for it? He fell. No, no. I yeah, mean, I mean, if, if anything, I'm saying it, it was a not, pretty yeah. much a play on the ball. It was just an unfortunate yeah. dude falling. I don't think there was anything malicious from Jermichael Green. Yeah, but the ball, to stop him. the ball was gone, and he hammered him on the arms. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it was, it was either foul or... Yeah, it was just the way that Embiid went down that really resulted in in the flagrant one. It was tough. It was yep. a tough call. But I, I I don't know what happened. Embiid like was focused in this game. You know, he wasn't that joyous like yelling type guy. I think as Trey said, he's not really a uh, a vocal guy with Jokic on the floor. Like he really respects him. And, but at the end, he just just missed a few possessions where he could have scored, uh, especially with that three late. I think the fifth foul kind of threw him off. Although he had a, a beautiful block after that fifth foul. Yeah, it was just it was just a little disappointing. The ending and and James Harden's juice uh, was lacking a little bit in this game. Uh, you know, George Niang uh, really was trying to make up for James Harden not being able to shoot. George Niang has, has got to shoot. They don't have any other shooters. George Niang's been forty four percent in the month of March coming mm -hmm. into this game from three point land. The dude can shoot, uh, but with James Harden taking only four threes in this game, 
what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? Uh, James was was good at making everybody better last night, but he's a, the super duper duper star that needed to shoot a little bit more. And and I and I'm sure he, on his brain he was saying, all right, this is Embiid's night. Uh, but at the same time, we've had since since the Nets scenario that that Nets game where he faded. Then he had another game where he faded uh, on the weekend against the Magic. Now, now three games in a row. Like he was good again, but uh, not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. And when you give away Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, you need this guy to be a superstar. That's what he asked for, and so that was disappointing for me. The biggest disappointment. Jokic is making everybody better around him. Uh, he, he, Bones Highland obviously had an incredible night. Uh, Embiid had an incredible night, but there's a superstar on his team. Jokic doesn't have a superstar right. currently. Embiid has one, and uh, he's got to be disappointed. I, I think he's got to be upset that, that Harden just wasn't incredible that the, last night. The co-superstar for Jokic on the Nuggets last night was the entire bench. I mean, mm-hmm. led by Bones Highland, but DeMarcus Cousins gave him really good minutes he when he was out there, got into it with James Harden. They've got some, uh, <laughs> you know, a little beef between them in the past. Michael Green, I thought was great. Even, you know, Rivers and Forbes doing their part. All those guys, you know, a plus in the plus minus yeah. uh, box score. So they I were think contributing. It was 50 to 14 in bench points yeah. uh, scored. And uh, that's just huge. That's the big problem here for Philadelphia is they're very top heavy. Uh, and they just didn't get any production out of that second unit. So when it comes to the actual MVP race, I was thinking this through last night, and sort of we're gonna we're gonna brainstorm this on the fly. But I'm like, if we were to look at this, and we can include Giannis if you want to, and that's the only three you can really include at this point. That who's gonna win this thing? If we were to do a scorecard, and I were to give you guys like categories, <laughs> I'm interested to hear like who gets the tick in that particular category that I came up with for an MVP sort of decision. All right. And what I mean by that is like the first one, team record. Okay. The Bucks are 43 and 26. The Sixers are 41 and 26. The Nuggets are 41 and 28. So yeah, you got the Bucks and Sixers second and third in the East. Nuggets are sixth. Tass, you've brought this up before. To some people, they look at that and go, oh, well, that means Giannis and Bede or either their team is better, but their records are basically the same. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be that one is in the Western Conference and they're currently ranked sixth. So to me... That one, that's just that's really just a wash at this point. Yeah, is that fair? Like you're not giving anyone the nod there, or are you saying, well, come on, Giannis, they got a 62 win percentage right now. It's a little bit better than the other guys. That's a tick for him. Or I'm no. giving him the check. Okay, I'm giving Giannis the okay. check on okay. this okay. one, this especially because like. Brooke Lopez has been out for a huge chunk of the season. We'll get into yeah. that. I'm sure that's one of the categories missing teammates. My least favorite category <laughs> for MVP voting. Who's not playing? That will decide who's the best yeah, player right. in the league. But I also do think the Bucks have kind of taken their foot off the gas a little bit during this season. But they're still been the best somehow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of calling that category just a wash. But then you get to basic stats. This might be the same thing. Just straight up basic stats. What I mean by that is most people, the you know, the casual fan, are going to go points, rebounds, assists. Giannis, 30 points per game, 11.5 boards, 6 assists. Embiid's 30 points per game. 11 rebounds per game, 4 assists per game. And then Jokic doesn't score as much, but mm. is 26 points per game, 14 rebounds. Yeah. No, I, I'm like obviously rounding up here a little bit. And then 8 assists. I mean, who gets the nod in basic stats, is how, as I call it. <laughs> I, I probably lean to Jokic in that one because okay. I'm actually okay. surprised when you said only 11 rebounds for Giannis. It feels like he gets more than that. Yeah, 11 but, and a uh, half. But uh, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> but I'll, I'll go with Jokic, and we saw a couple of just outrageously gorgeous passes last night from him. So uh, I'm going Nikola Check. <laughs> I mean, to me, I don't know about you, Tess. Again, that one, just straight up basic stats. Those guys are basically just... Those are all elite numbers across basically all three of those categories, especially for the, the size of these guys. It's going to be a three-way tie when it comes to MVP <laughs> Right now, voting. I added a three-way tie in the, after these first two. Okay, then advanced stats. This is where it gets a little different. Giannis and Jokic are tied right now with a 32.4 player efficiency rating, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, would be like the best ever. That's amazing. Possibly, yeah. Embiid right there, 31.2 PER. Mm. And then you look at all the other advanced stats. I think you brought it up uh, maybe a week ago, Tass, that StatMuse tweet that sort of showed them all. Mm-hmm. Jokic leads in a majority of them. Yeah. Like your true shooting percentage, your rebound percentage number percentage numbers, your assist percentage numbers, your box plus minus, your win shares, your VORP. Are you a big <laughs> VORP guy, Lee? Value Massive. over replacement player? Massive VORP. I'm a big VORP head. You always have been. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a tick for Jokic. It just is. The advanced stats. And that's like, you know, that's just, yeah. that's the numbers. That's Schumann-like numbers there. Oh. All right. Here's where I want to get your take. Defense, Trey, 
your favorite your favorite stuff when it comes to a player? Is it Embiid or Giannis? Because I don't think it's Jokic. I think that's where he's a step behind. It's a tough call. It's, it's a tough. tough call. I'm going Giannis. I think if there's one player who could guard every player in the league, yep. it's Giannis over Embiid. I'm definitely Giannis in this case. Definitely? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. But Embiid's great, but Giannis yeah. is better. And Tass, if you had to I tick mean, in one of them. Yeah, I guess a slight check to Giannis for sure. Okay. Okay. I think I think there are a lot of people out there that still would make the case that it's Embiid. They would, for but, sure. But I, mean, uh, I, really I, I think Giannis, though, uh, covers more ground, and I just would pick him as a better defender than Embiid. Okay. A couple more here. Shout out to Ben Golliver with this one. The availability is the best ability. <laughs> so Jokic has played in 62 games. Giannis 58 and beat 55. They all basically play the same amount of minutes per game. It's right around 33 minutes per game. Though Jokic, because of the games played, has played about 200 more than Embiid. Giannis in the middle. For Embiid, 55 games is pretty good. Yes. But do you hold it against him for MVP 2022 that, you know, well, Jokic has played more. Giannis has played more than you. Yeah. Is it, is it nine games more Giannis has played? It's uh, seven. Seven. Uh, yes, I do give it a little nudge there to Giannis. Uh, no, no, Jokic has played the most. Oh, Jokic has played the most. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, yes, I give Jokic the advantage in that category. Yes. Okay. Okay. But you really like, is it, is it, I guess what I'm saying is yeah. Embiid missed enough that you're going to hold it against him? Well, if it's 10 games, then I think that does count against him. Yes. He missed nine being in COVID protocols. Yeah. I don't hold that against okay. him at all. That's so, tough. I mean, to me, of all the things that are a wash so far, games played is kind of the biggest wash. Okay. Just because like, I don't it just yeah. it's a weird season just like last year was a weird season just like the bubble season was a weird season so to me like talk, talk to me about what you're doing when you're actually out there more so than not playing here's a very subjective category <laughs> who's the best highlights is it Jokic hands down because of the assists cool. is it Giannis is it Embiid who yeah, has some I think, monster I mean that's I think, a tough one I, I, I lean well go ahead you well go. I think Jokic is certainly more finesse plays you know the sort of like wow did you see that I mean he had thing. like two passes last yeah, night that just were like incredible. Whoa. Giannis seems to have more power, sort of jam dunk moves, I think. And then Embiid, Embiid doesn't really get as many dunk highlights, I don't think, as Giannis. Okay. I don't think. So you're leaning... I'm Jokic. I'm going Jokic. Yeah. One. yeah. Uh, what about you? I don't think it's a question. It's Jokic. Yeah. If, if it's Embiid, it, his highlights are watching his footwork make magic. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's really just an incredible size man doing what he does. Giannis is sort of the same. Jokic, yeah, he, he, he's he got the awkward shots, which sort of make for highlights because you don't think they're going in like we saw last night, and the passes. He wins. Ja Morant, I'm going with for best highlights here. Highlights highlights ain't factoring in my vote for this one. I mean, what's Jokic's best highlights? Game-winning blocks? Yeah, that's probably. Weird. Yeah. That's pretty weird. Passes, I'd say. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't think his passes have been as notable this season as they have been in the past. I like guess. when he's whipping, whipping like the you know the, mm. the well, water polo he, passes yeah. and stuff I mean, like he that. He had the frisbee pass just... to the corner the other. Yeah, the guys aren't week. knocking them in as well. That's the other problem. He's had <laughs> right. a couple of those where he's had those. Well, that's crazy not a passes. highlight. <laughs> that's a highlight that wasn't. <laughs> the guy ah, misses. It Another doesn't category. matter. Yeah, that's not a category. Don't worry. Uh, and again, this is yeah. These are things that I'm thinking that people take into consideration. I'm not saying you have to. You're, you just said I don't give a shit about highlights. I think well, some these guys. Nobody, nobody really cares about big guy highlights. I'll say that. I don't think at all. Like, tell me Giannis's best highlight. Tell me Embiid's best highlight. You can't this year. Yeah, because Jokic got better ones. Mm. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, yeah, right. You're like the passes. Of, yeah, I don't think the passes are that great this year. I think they're numerous. I think he's thrown some great ones. I thought he had a nice look away last night. Yeah, but that was just like Tobias Harris that's not easy. playing defense. That's easy for Jokic. Okay, head to head. If you care, let me just break it down because we see them go head to head last night. Uh, Jokic beats Embiid, though we already talked about it. I, you know, a lot of people saying Embiid outplayed Jokic when they were head to head last night in the game itself. But Jokic gets the win, comes through sort of in the clutch. The Nuggets and Bucks. When you look at Jokic and Embiid, the two teams have split their season series, but they only saw each other once too. Hmm. Those two guys. Jokic had a triple double in 28 minutes in a 36 point win. Wow. Yeah. I don't exactly. remember that. 18, 10, and 15. He shot seven and nine from the floor. And Giannis. Bad game for him. He had 29 and 9, but he struggled like shooting the ball and at the line in that one. And then finally, Giannis and Embiid, they've only matched up once this season. Right before the All Star break, Philly won that game by three. Embiid with 42, 14, and 5. And Giannis had an awesome 32, 11, and 9. I guess what I'm getting at here with that one, 
I mean, no one is like, whoa, they are dominating the other guys when they've played in these very few mm. games. That's sort of a wash, too, for me. And then the final one is, and people definitely consider this, Trey, and I think you would admit it, the narrative around the player. So who who are you missing on your team in, in Jokic's case? Oh, no Murray, no Michael Porter Jr. Same with Embiid. Oh, well, Ben Simmons and that weird cloud that was hanging over the season. Uh, you know, Giannis maybe less so in terms of the narrative. It might even go against him having been, mm. been a, a two-time winner. <laughs> But who, who gets the tick in the narrative for this season? Well, I, I, I think probably Embiid because he hasn't won one and he's having his best yeah, season. That comes into 100%, play, un, yeah. un, maybe unfortunately for some. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, but, but what you're breaking down here, this is what the voters have to deal with. You have yeah. to basically split hairs and whatever category you have a sort of bias or favor towards totally. will tilt these awards. Right. So they've all got an incredibly strong case. So how do you split them? It's not up to us. No. Thank God. No. Actually, we would love a vote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Narr- totally. Narrative tasks, who are you uh, leaning towards right now with a month? I mean, there's still time to figure this out too, but Giannis, Embiid, or Jokic? Yeah, I guess it's Embiid who doesn't have one. I guess I'd go with that. I mean, I, I like the Jokic one of he will have the longest tenure here without a guy that's a star beside him. I mean, he's taken he's taken Monte Morris and and these types of guys to a, a similar record to right. Embiid and Giannis, and I think Embiid will be hurt a little bit because James Harden's been there for you know two months when the season is is all said and done. Uh, so you know, I, I, it's probably Embiid because Jokic has won one, and that's that hurts. It's more well, it's but more that's what interesting helps. because Jokic wins last year, but then he's playing better this yeah. year. Yep. Back-to-back's so, a big deal. Back-to-back yeah. MVPs. Only the greats win back-to-back MVPs. So I think that that maybe, maybe does work against Jokic saying, is this guy uh, that we want to be a back-to-back MVP sort of character? He should be. I, th- I mean, he's obviously playing well enough, yep. but I think the narrative of having zero MVPs uh, outweighs yeah. the winning back-to-back. So I think Embiid is kind of far in the lead with regards to narrative. Yeah. Here. Yeah, it does feel like that, at least with the people actually voting from what you can sort of get from their, you know, podcast interviews and stuff they're writing. But let's hear from everybody in the stream team, the MVP scorecard, how you how you scoring it right now? What are we forgetting when it comes to categories? There's lots more that you obviously uh, can consider when you're making your ultimate pick. We've got to take our first break. When we come back, we got to talk about Dream on Green's return, a lot of the other games last night, so don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we talked about Cat and his 60 points. We talked about Jokic versus Embiid and that great game. But we got some other ones to uh, break down here. And let's start with Draymond Green energizing the Warriors, especially Steph Curry in his return. Curry goes for 47 on his birthday. <laughs> got a, got Happy Draymond Green. birthday! Yeah, what, gotcha, what you Draymond. <laughs> and congratulations to the Warriors on being title contenders again. <laughs> Honestly, just like that yep. is what it felt like to me. Steph 
uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green playing their first game together for in almost three years. Wow. Yeah. I think Dave DeFore said something like 1,000 and change days. Yeah, 1,005, I saw. Yeah, there you go. Once I heard 1,000, I was like, that sounds like two and a half. Rounded up to three. 47 for Steph last night, seven threes. The Warriors hit 18 on the night as they were playing against the Wizards. A pretty easy one. A pretty easily won game or a pretty easy win, whichever way you want to say it. The big story, though, Draymond Green, he's back, baby. 20 minutes off the bench, a plus 24. Honestly, ridiculous stuff. Not a lot of defense in this one, and the Warriors didn't need it. Draymond had a whopping six points and six assists, but three of those assists were to Steph Curry for threes. Another one was to Clay Thompson for a three, and the other two were for a dunk and a layup. You can just see how much more the Warriors make sense when Draymond Green is on the floor. They ran a play to get him an assist for Steph Curry basically as soon as he checked in. Both him and Steph were laughing as they ran down the court like, oh, we did it again. We fooled them. They're just completely different. They've got two screeners now with Draymond and Looney, so Steph can kind of go either way. You saw Steph shooting the ball incredibly well with Draymond on the floor. Seven of nine for three when Draymond was playing. 0 for five when he was off the court. The ball moves, the defense is better, and there's just more spirit. So two weeks until the Warriors play the Grizzlies. Gives Draymond two weeks to get up to speed because that's going to be a big-time matchup for the two-seed. Yeah, he's on that minutes restriction, right? Only at 20 minutes per game, but coming off the bench looked pretty good. And I think Kerr said, the chessboard changes (laughs) with Draymond out there, which is a a great quote, especially for Steph. Like, Trey just broke it down. All the looks, a little bit easier, a little bit different. Yeah, he came onto the floor. The ball went to Draymond Green, sort of at that high post area. The the Andrew Bogut, the, the Draymond Green spot, the run, their split cuts, as they call them. Kevon Looney gets in the way of Steph's guy. Steph goes around the screen. Draymond, here's a shovel pass to you. Bang. Yeah, 7 of 9 from three-point land with Draymond Green on the floor, as Trey said, and 0 of 5 when he wasn't on the floor. Yeah, the big smiles, so happy. Yeah, they hadn't played a thou- in a 1,000 days, him, Draymond, and uh, Clay Thompson. I thought we were done with those monstrous numbers, with those stats with, with Clay Thompson being back. But I'd forgotten that Draymond Green didn't play with Clay yeah. Thompson here. And, uh, yeah, this is the, the last sort of part of their season. Everybody getting together here for these last 15, uh, 20 or so games. And I, I think they feel good with uh, Clay. Uh, I'm sorry, Steve Kerr said Going to the playoffs, I think we're going to have a bunch of different starting lines, a bunch of different rotations. They've worked so many guys in uh, to their rotation, and they've got like a Jonathan Kuminga who's playing so great off the bench, giving them that young juice that these old guys, I think, <laughs> really, really want. And, and I don't think that was planned from the beginning of the season. It just worked out that way. They've had like 21 different starting lineups. I think they've, yeah, really tool themselves well here for the postseason. I think they are in a very, very good spot uh, as long as, you know, Draymond Green is healthy. But, yeah, people question, uh, back injury, what's happening? And and so far, so great. I mean, they, they've obviously uh, done it really slowly here. But, yeah, they got to feel they got to feel super good with how many guys have come along and the fact that, you know, maybe these injuries kind of help them. You know, I, I think of Spurs uh, rotations earlier uh, in, the, in the 2010s when – they just figured out, oh, this guy can play, this guy can play, this guy can play. We're going to give them big minutes in the regular season. And that happened with this Warriors team. They don't know who's going to play big minutes from night from night, night to night with all these guys uh, that have come through deep in the rotation. But they know that Draymond Green's going to be a 40-minute guy uh, when it comes down to it. Yeah, anything to add to Draymond's return? Not really, no. I guess just uh, whether or not he'll be in the starting lineup as the next game. I think they move Kaminga back to the bench and start with Looney. I figure that's probably their uh, best starting lineup and get Kaminga's energy off the bench because he's very, very active at both ends. Uh, but I think you just want the experience out there to start. So that's really all I'm looking for. It's great when your first game back is against the Wizards because uh, <laughs> Draymond could really pace himself. And yeah, you just see the way the ball fizzes around. Steph knows where it's going. Draymond knows where Steph's going to be, and it's like, okay, you just do your thing. And uh, Steph, we haven't really seen a loose game like that from Steph for a while, where he just like, yep, 47, pretty easy points. Uh, Next game here, Giannis leads the Bucks to their first win in Utah since 2001. MVP. (laughs) Just a weird headline there. You don't see 2001 popping up all that often, but uh, it's been a long time since uh, Milwaukee has won in Utah. 
What do you think? Yes, and uh, well, so the team that wins, we usually give them the credit and say, oh, well, they win, they outplayed this team. And But this was a real, did the Bucks win it or did the Jazz lose it? Mm. And I think you can make a strong case for both of them because it was a two-point game with a minute to go and Donovan Mitchell goes inside. Looks like he got fouled, but the foul wasn't called and he just grabs Chris Middleton. Frustration foul. Right. They check it. They call it a common foul, but Chris Middleton's like 90% at the line. He goes and knocks down a couple and uh, puts them up by four. Then Donovan Mitchell comes down. Drew Holiday picks his pocket from behind. Bucks go down again and score. And then Donovan Mitchell has a couple of threes at the end. Sort of, not desperation, but threes to sort of, you know, haymaker threes there. First one contested, second one wide open, and he clanked it. And the Jazz lose this game. And looking at it, I was like, hmm, Donovan Mitchell didn't have a very good fourth quarter. So I dug into it a little bit more. He hasn't been good in the clutch for the Jazz this season. In 27 games they've had, they're 13 and 14. He's made 27 total field goals. He's shooting 37%. He's shooting 22% from three in these clutch moments. Mm. And he's shooting only 53% from the free throw line. He's had more turnovers Mm. and fouls combined than assists. The Jazz uh, have got a bit of a problem here in the clutch. Donovan Mitchell's their star. You he's know, their clutch. Exactly. <laughs> and Rudy Gobert is, you know, we know he's, a, he's an impactful player, but he's not got the ball in his hands. He needs guys to sort of, you know, give the ball to him. If Donovan Mitchell's not scoring and shooting and turning the ball over, when it comes to uh, clutch minutes, they've got, they've got to address this because Donovan Mitchell was asked about it after the game and he said, he acknowledged it. He said, all season I've been bad. Yeah. And the numbers certainly back this one up. Uh, but that frustration foul, and again, it looked like he got hit. The replays were a bit weird. I couldn't tell conclusively that he definitely got hit, but he, he probably did. To give up two points like that to Chris Middleton in a, cru- in a, in a clutch situation like that, that's very, very costly for your team. Yeah. So uh, he has to be better. Mike Conley was good in this game. I actually thought Rudy defended Giannis reasonably well in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they did a good job. He still had his you know 30 points there. But really, when it came down to it, the Jazz weren't good enough, and uh, it has to fall a lot of this on Donovan Mitchell. If he's not going to be able to shoot and score, then he has to sort of give the ball up. Now, no Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, excuse me, in this one for them. Still, everyone's missing players. Brook Lopez came back for the Bucks, looked fine, but bit of a problem here for the Jazz and I'm not sure how they correct it because uh, Mitchell is the guy you want the ball in your hands he's the franchise guy yeah he just has to play better yeah in clutch and for those that don't know obviously uh, a game that's that's within five points in the final five minutes that's uh, right or of course overtime um, yeah 10 for 32 for Donovan Mitchell in last night's game 5 of 17 he was jacking up three-pointers that weren't falling yeah he is their uh, their late game offense really I guess a good sign is that Mike Conley has had a quietly a good season and held this team together while Mitchell was out and while Gobert was out. I don't want to put a, a ton of responsibility on Mike Conley's shoulders, but he's been good as a 34-year-old. Uh, he's coming through with a 40% three-point percentage. Maybe he's just holding holding back a little bit until the postseason where he's going to have to go off, really. I mean, the thing about this offense at the end of games is they don't have a playmaker beside Donovan Mitchell unless Mike Conley's making things happen. It's just in Mitchell's hands. And if Conley can take some of that, then they can be a team that goes deep. But if not, uh, yeah, it's worrisome for sure uh, that that everything goes through Donovan Mitchell. Boy, and Bogdanovich is having a great, season, uh, great season shooting the ball, but he's just hanging, waiting for the ball to come to him. So I think Conley has to be a, a playmaker come postseason. And, this is what they got him for, and hopefully he can be that, even though he's you know getting a little longer in the tooth. And you said you slipped it in there. Brooke Lopez returned, played 15 minutes. You know, shot one of four, got to the free throw line a little bit. Uh, you know, six points overall though. Threw in a steal, um, fouled a lot. But, you, know, <laughs> you know, the Bucks are obviously ecstatic to have him back in the rotation. He's big, and I think that's probably a lot of the reason that you saw 17 three-point attempts from Donovan Mitchell. They're just two big bodies in there now uh, with uh, Giannis and... It lets Giannis roam, that's totally, for sure. Totally, yeah. totally. But uh, I guess I hadn't really considered it. Is Donovan Mitchell a Ferris wheel? Because mm. it's not dissimilar to the Milwaukee Bucks with Chris Middleton in that, yeah, Conley helping out would be nice. Bogdanovich being available, hitting threes, that's nice. But the Jazz are going to live and die with Donovan Mitchell being their clutch guy. He's going to take the shots. He's going to be the one that has to lift his game in the playoffs. We've seen him do it in the past. Oh, yeah. But like Lee's saying, the fourth quarter stats this year are not great. And there's a lot of pressure on the Jazz at this point mm. in their tenure as a team. 
And it all falls on Donovan Mitchell when it comes down to it in the fourth quarter. He also, I feel like, likes it that way. He would rather take every single shot in the fourth, but 17 three-pointers, that is way too many. Take a free throw. Get inside and try and get a foul. That's how you make some shots and kind of get your confidence going. Got to do more of that in the playoffs. Yeah, is it possible that he's that Donovan Mitchell is a larger Ferris wheel hmm. than Chris Middleton? Goes higher. Sure. Higher highs, yeah, of yeah, course. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, yeah. But maybe some lower. Lo- well, I guess it can't be lower. <laughs> <laughs> the lows are always the, the lows same. Are always for, uh, same. So I think it works. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. they're still low. Yeah. Both either Middleton, maybe Mitchell. Uh, let's keep it going here because we've got a ton of other games. Scotty Barnes and the Raptors. Wow. Tass all over the Lakers early in the 114-103 win. It was weird. I don't know how much you watched this. I went, to, I went to bed at halftime. I was like, that's it. They're not coming back. It's okay. It got a little interesting as the game went on, but the Raptors jumped on the Lakers. They they scored the first nine points in the game. They were up thirty three to twelve after one. The Lakers were shooting three of twenty five from the field, and had missed all thirteen of their three pointers in that first quarter alone. And Scotty too hotty. I mean, he was everywhere. He had the, I think fifteen of his twenty one in the first quarter. Um, LeBron was just getting angrier and angrier as this game <laughs> went, on, went on. And they, you know, he was a he was a game time decision because of his soreness in his in his left knee ends up playing what 40 minutes yeah uh so <laughs> that's not good um but yeah is it i think we can is it rest in peace lebronto is that is that over i don't think nick nurse <laughs> has ever lost to lebron i, I as know a head coach gourmet's bud tweeted something that lebron can't even get up for a humiliation of the <laughs> yeah I know. Sad, sad. it's very sad I, I honestly think lebron is just looking at the scoring title right now because he got 30 last night and he's like just, just let me get that. That's all I can take out of the season. Be, set the record for the oldest guy to lead the league in scoring. He might do it. Uh, it's yeah. tough because uh, Embiid is leading technically this morning, but that's what I think LeBron's playing for right now. <laughs> the Lakers are currently on pace to finish with the worst record a LeBron-led team has ever had. We're talking about his rookie year with the Cavs and his that's... first year with the Lakers, 37-45. <laughs> and 45. The Lakers need to go, I think, 8-6 and six to close out the season. To uh, No chance. That. Yeah. They're not going to win eight out of 14 games. How nuts is that then? This is going to be the worst team, and LeBron is still playing at this level? Yeah. That's crazy. They're a game out of the 10th seed right now. There's no way that anybody's going to catch him 11 through 15, but, like, they're doing their best. The Lakers really do hate the play-in tournament. They're trying to tank their way out of it, but it just ain't happening. Uh, Just disgusting. Uh, a team a guy like scotty barnes is going to destroy the lakers because he (laughs) yeah he he works hard the lane is open and that's where he he scores his points i mean scotty's got it all other than the three-point shot that'll come along but uh scotty is is, yeah he's he's working his ass off so he has been a thriving uh he just looks he looks great he's uh you know, he's a Pascal light like you you can run the offense a little bit through him and uh he makes everybody better yeah, Siakam no slouch either. 27, 11, and 5, you know, stealing a block in there. Hit a couple threes, got to the line. He continues to play in, like, an all-NBA-like level uh, over the last, what, six weeks at this point, maybe even longer. Yeah, this was just, it was, it was overly. It was legit one of those games that felt over in, like, after six minutes of the game. Yeah. It was like, oh, okay, they're just playing harder. I'm surprised you stayed up until halftime after yeah. the first quarter. You but... got to go to half because, you know, Trey's right. First half leads are fake. Yeah. Though there are a few exceptions, if you're actually watching the game, going, oh, they're not coming back. Yeah. But I gave it to that. And again, like, you know, what? It got as close as maybe 10 or something, I think, in the fourth quarter when I was checking this morning. Yeah, a couple things uh, as far as LeBron goes. Definitely the scoring title is the most uh, prominent thing. But I think even before that, he's got to pass Carl. He's going to pass Carl Malone uh, for second all-time scoring, even before that in the, in the next few games with the way he's scoring. Uh, and I hope that... The other Carl we talked about also passes Carl Malone. It's not going to happen, but I, I hope. I would rather Carl Anthony Towns be the number one Carl uh, in terms of oh, wow. scoring, but oh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't nah. think. I mean, that's a lot of he points. He started his career very young, yeah, though. I, I don't. What's his career average? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. It's just going to be a matter of can he play twenty five yeah. seasons yeah. or not. We'll see. To get to thirty seven thousand <laughs> yeah. points. Uh, four other games. I'll chuck them at you guys. Uh, touch on them. As much as you want. You want me to throw it over there? Pitchers and catchers report. All right, here you go. You want want one at a time, or you want me to just uh, chuck them all? Give me a chuck away, boys. All right. (laughs) Trey Young had 46 points. I mean, that also happened last night. It's sort of overlooked uh, as the Hawks beat the Blazers, 122-113. Evan Mobley scored a season-high, career-high, 30 as the Cavs beat the Clippers in overtime. Big win for Cleveland, trying to, you know, keep a little distance 
between the Raptors, who are uh, breathing down their necks there and trying to get into the actual legit playoffs. Uh, Terry Rozier shined as the Hornets beat the Thunder 134-116, and De'Aaron Fox scored 34. He's playing great right now, but oh, no, yeah. no one gives a shit. Uh, as the Kings beat the Bulls, though, 112-103. You might give a shit about that. Yeah, I, I do. This yeah. was a dumb, dumb, disappointing loss for the Bulls. Uh, zero effort in the first half. They got down by 20, so I pulled the skeets and went to bed. But I was angry when I went to bed. I'm sure you were, you were <laughs> a jolly happy. man. Yeah. yeah. Bulls did cut it to one in the fourth quarter, but the Fox and the Ox were simply too much. You mentioned it, 34-6-6 six six for De'Aaron Fox. His third straight game with 30 or more. Bulls could not keep him out of the lane. 22-7-4 for Sabonis, who always plays the Bulls well, and he's played them five times this season. (laughs) Could have played him six times. He just happened to miss one of the games back when he was with the Pacers, but that's weird when you play the same player five times. He also, I thought Sabonis had the defining play of the game. Second quarter, uh, it was the Kings ball. They take some kind of shot. There's a rebound. It bounces on the floor in the lane right in front of Vucci's face, and he just kind of... I'll take this rebound. Harrison Barnes pokes it out, oh. dishes it to Sabonis, dunks right on Vucevic's head. Vucevic is like bleeding from the nose, and the Bulls had to call a timeout. And that to me was like the entirety of the game. Sacramento, more aggressive and just quicker all night. They had more points in the paint, more fast break points, more <laughs> second chance points. And that's why the Bulls haven't beaten Sacramento in Sacramento since 2019. Really bad timing, too, uh, for the Bulls because the lower seeds got closer. You mentioned the Raps won. Cavaliers also won uh, their first overtime game of the season against the Clippers. And the Sixers lost. So the Bulls could have moved into third, which is the juiciest spot in the Eastern Conference right now. Instead, they're sticking in fourth, and they got called scuffling and stumbling by the Associated Press. Not a good a couple of terms to be called there. I don't know which is worse, scuffling or stumbling, but they're doing both right now. Yeah, it's going a little bit like the Cavs season for the Bulls here, just sort of dropping off a bit. I mean, the Celtics, the way they're playing, you would think the Celtics are definitely going to overtake the Bulls for that fourth spot. So Chicago could end up without home court in the first round, which would be uh, pretty disappointing considering the season they've had. I'm with you. I'm trying to figure out when to buy tickets to go home to mm. see a game. Oh, I'm like, am I going oh. on the weekend? Am I going during the week? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. you may not know until the final day Tough, of the regular yeah. season, unfortunately, because it's going to be that tight. Uh, any other notes on any of those games? You excited to go down to the Fortress yes. this Friday? We're going down to see uh, Trey Young's on fire right now. We I know. John Morant coming in town. Trey Young went to the wrong restaurant for the MVP, James. He was like, someone said, no, it's this restaurant. You know, like, <laughs> We had a birthday party over the weekend. But because of the weather, it got changed at the last minute. I was driving to the first venue. Oh, boy. But then I got the message. No, they've changed it to this venue. So I had to swing. So that's what I think happened with Trey Young. He's putting up big numbers. But they, this one uh, got a little hairy, actually, for the Hawks. They should yeah. obviously have gone in and won this. You know, the, the Blazers aren't trying to win. And the Blazers were winning in the second half. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you giggling about? Not... Got a little hairy? Is that uh, what yeah. you laughing? Harry the Hawks. Thinking of his hairy? legs over here? No, I was thinking of, yeah, the original. Harry must have loved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it got a little hairy for the Cavs there, but uh, Evan Mobley and Darius Garland pulled it out. Karis LeVert is, is big in terms of just alleviating a little pressure from Darius Garland. He's only played five games with these Cavs. He came back from mm-hmm. an injury, and, and he's not getting the headlines, but that's important to help Garland, who was uh, – Great in overtime. He struggled a little bit and turned the ball over a little too much, but I want to highlight uh, Evan Mobley, who had 30 his career high, because people seeing Scotty Barnes' lines, getting a few more headlines than than Evan Mobley currently, but Evan Mobley is absolutely balling recently. So uh, this matchup was great. Mobley versus Zubats actually was really good. Two, two big men going at it on both ends. But I think Mobley is holding off Scotty Barnes enough uh, and, and Cade Cunningham enough for the Rookie of the Year award. I think it's his. But can the Cavs hold off the Raptors for that sixth It's going to be tight. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Question. It's Raptors tough with the record. Pretty good basketball Schedule. right now. Um, all right, so those are the games. Whew, lots on. A lot less games on tonight. That's okay. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, though, we got a fun tweet of the night and pick them results. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. 
Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Great tweet last night from at your man Divine. Dan Divine. This was a funny one, I thought. I laughed out loud because we had Hubie on the call. Mm. Your man Divine wrote, Why can't I pay Hubie Brown $150 for a cameo? in which he talks about how I have the total game and also how I shoot it at a high percentage <laughs> while moving the ball absolutely beautifully. <laughs> so if you're J.E. Skeets, you love this tweet. You love what's going on in the replies. You love Scott tweeting back, okay, now what you like about this guy on his birthday <laughs> is how he's adjusted. <laughs> and you love Max chiming in with death, taxes, and give him a lot of credit. Yeah. And okay, finally, you love Greg adding, I just want the, there you go, remark after I finally do something there right. There you go. There you yeah. go. Ah, uh, Hubie. The, uh, <laughs> he's got away with words. You know, and he's, how old is Hubie Brown? He's 89 or something like that. Yeah. That is amazing. I, uh, I I remember one of the first games we got in Australia was Game 6 Eastern Conference 89. Fight, well, the playoffs actually, the 89 season. And it was Hubie and Dick Stockton on the call. Yeah. The Bulls lose that game to the Pistons and they get eliminated. And I thought, man, that guy's pretty old. <laughs> that was 33 years ago Hubie was on the call 33 years ago that is amazing yeah uh, very very happy to say I got a chance to meet Hubie when I was with Bonesy one year at the finals and he was just incredible Brent was said oh this is Lee's uh, from the oh hey how you doing and we're just talking to Hubie as if like he knew me and we were friends and he's incredible now what you love about Lee Ellis you love, you love the hairy legs you love what he's doing down there in the leg department you also love he's got glasses he's out there he's looking for things uh, yeah, <laughs> Brown. Anyway, I thought that was a very funny tweet. I actually think, I mean, he's 89. Yeah. He probably doesn't have time for this, doesn't need the money. But no. holy crap, do you know how many people would pony up 100 bucks, 150 bucks for a friend's birthday yeah. to be like, uh, hey, Hubie, can you do a do a video, a cameo for my man, Trey Kirby? And he always would do it in like the Hubie tone there. Yeah. Yeah. With the what you like about this guy, what you love about this guy. It'd be funny. It would be. Yeah. So I don't think he's idea. doing it. I don't no, think he's I don't think it. so either. I don't think he needs to. But uh, no. I know I would be buying a couple of them. I'd be <laughs> buying one for each of you guys. Great tweet there from uh, your man Divine. Okay, pick'em results last night. It was that Nuggets Sixers game. Philly favored by two and a half points, so they had to win by three or more, and they didn't even win. This brought to you by BetMGM, of course. So that's a win for the guys that took Denver. And I know there was some confusion <laughs> with the graphics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go by what the graphics yeah, say, Yeah, I please. agree. <laughs> I 100% agree. Uh, no, so Tass had Denver. You're 7-3. and three. Trey had Denver. You're 5-5. Five and five. I took the L backing Philly last night. I'm 5-5, five and five, and so did Lee. You're 4-6, and six, so you're in last place right now. You don't want to be in last place when it comes to pick them because you got to eventually pay it off. So tonight, not a lot of games on. Because no, I guess we got the, um, you know, the, the first four, as they call it. In um in the in the NCAA tournament, so oh, okay. maybe that's why I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. It's yeah. a tight schedule, four games, uh, and I did mention it earlier. The big line of Miami at home to the Detroit Pistons. We got it at thirteen and a half. Wow. The Heat have to win by fourteen or over for Trey or Lee to get the victory. Uh, Skeets myself. And my farting daughter took uh, <laughs> the Detroit Pistons thirteen or less. It has dropped, though. It's dropped to 12 and a half, so I guess there's some uh, some money nice. happening on those uh, Pistonians. But, yeah, big, big line. I, I felt comfortable taking the Pistons because they've been, been playing, playing so well. Really well. Really, really well. But then the the heat of, like, had a few hiccups here, right? And you just wonder, like, oh, we got an easy team coming to town or a team lower in the standing. Like, let's just hammer them. It's always yeah. in play. It's, it's in play. Um I was looking over Trey's shoulder as uh, he was going through everyone who's on Cameo after the, the Hubie Brown tweet of the oh, night. Yeah. I enjoyed some of the people scrolling through, <laughs> um, but nothing made me laugh more than what Trey's got on his screen. Yeah, this now. was the one I had to click. No Hubie Brown, unfortunately. Yeah, right, right. How about a Chuck Swirsky <laughs> oh, for 45 amazing. bucks? 45? It's not bad. No. Very got affordable. a Raptors connection, got a Bulls connection. Mm. 
If you're going business, though, if we're going to show it on the show, it costs two forty-five. Oh, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. nice. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe we each chip in 50 bucks, get a video of Chuck dancing. <laughs> we don't need to. Just uh, follow his point. socials. Yeah. Just follow his socials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You get that after every Bulls win. Aren't you? Are you still on Cameo? Nah, I've retired. Oh, you retired? Yeah. Oh, okay. What yeah. happened? Uh, just just got... did it for a while. Donated some money and then just moved on. Okay, good yeah. for you. Looks good like we you. got two skeets on here. Uh, J.E. and Ulrich. No, I'm not on it anymore. I mean, I guess I'm still technically on it, but I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, not available. Yeah, I'm not available. Sorry, you got to go for Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, he's not available either. Oh, wow. <laughs> I guess I got to get back on there. Corner of the Skeet's market. Uh, all right, guys. <laughs> Let's call it there. Email in your NBA questions to nodunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at nodunksunk. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. And a uh, reminder, later today... Around 1 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube, on the No Dunks YouTube channel, we are going to pick, uh, collectively, our March Madness bracket. We're going to fill this out. We know next to nothing, except we're taking the Jackrabbits, Let's going go all the way to the Final Four. Um, so yeah, we'll have a lot of fun, just making ourselves look like clowns uh, as we try and talk out these games. And uh, find out who the Cinderella picks are, who oh, you're back yeah. in. Oh, the group is filling up here. Oh, that's right. Uh, yes. Okay, excellent. Rin uh, Rin, Ziggy, the Wedgie Whisperer, Filthy Carge, Irish Springs. We got them all. Okay, excellent. Join so, up. We're going to put the link in the everywhere. That's well, yeah. yeah. For those listening to the podcast, uh, you know, make sure you check us out on Twitter, especially at No Dunks Inc. INC at the end. Uh, if you want to get in and start your own bracket, see if you can battle the rest of the stream teamers and all the No Dunks fans out there and see who reigns supreme. When it comes to pure randomization. Can't wait to do that though. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, uh, the best part about St. Patrick's Day, I'm looking forward to that, is uh, the Guinness. But also, just getting a bar of Irish Spring. Having a great shower. I love a good bar of Irish Spring. <laughs> smells great. It does. Get away from the liquid for a day, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you just get a little bored with the liquid. You just want me substantive yeah. burr. And it smells so good. It smells so good. Embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.